Hello and welcome to another edition of the 2000s Chart Show. The show celebrating the music of the noughties, one top 40 at a time. This week it's June 7th 2003 and music sounds like this. right love is not gonna wait for you and this chart isn't gonna wait for you so let's keep going because this is in its own way a kind of important chart and if not an important chart a symbolic one because this week sees the last single from s club 7 and the first song by a mr dizzy rascal so in a way this is the chart that is the point perhaps in which the 2000s come into their own rather than just being the a kind of extended version of the 1990s so very exciting to see where the chart is going to go to from here but that isn't to say and don't you worry out there that the all of the 90s icons have gone away in the next however long this ends up running at you're going to hear from 90s icons like abs from five if you couldn't hear there that was five with the letter five instead of an f because that is how it's said emma bunton she's got a new single out and even radiohead are popping around with a new single emma bunton and radiohead Maybe the first time they've ever been mentioned in a, in a sentence other than the sentence. Can you think of two artists more different than Emma Bunton and Radiohead? So it is, as I said, the 7th of June 2003. To set the scene, that was the day in which Prince celebrated his 45th birthday. A fun mini game you can play with yourself throughout this episode is when ev- we listen to every song. Just think whether Prince would have liked it or not. I have, We have no way of knowing, but just a fun game to keep your brain going. Kind of like a musical Sudoku for you there. I suppose I should give you full disclosure at the start of the episode and this is a little bit of pulling back the curtain I think some people like that I'm recording this on a Monday which is a lot later than I usually would I tend to record on a Friday and the reason for that is because the worst weekend was the Mighty Hoopla Festival which if you're not London based or a British gay person who doesn't mind sitting on a coach for five hours to come to London it's kind of the biggest pop festival in Britain and Naughty's icons were in full force we're going to talk about a few of their sets as we go along but first I want to quickly mention if it sounds like my brain is leaking out of my head this episode that is why because obviously it was a heavy weekend of losing my mind to Lisa Scott Lee also if the sound quality isn't what you're used to I will also be honest that I usually record in my uh, studio but this time I am in on my bed in my bedroom so I've done my best to make it soundproof and a pleasant experience but there are some workmen who are getting perilously close to my window, so if you hear kind of light drilling sounds, I can only apologise, and I will promise to any new listeners that the sound quality is usually much better than that. So yes, as I said, at Mighty Hoopla, I just wanted to, at the top of the podcast, give a few thoughts about some artists that we won't have a chance to talk about in the usual episodes because they didn't really have any chart hits after 2003 or have not had any chart hits by the end of the 2000s which is kind of the end of our area of interest here. So two acts who were the best at Mighty Hoopla, and you can tweet us at 2000s Chart Show if you disagree, but my personal favourites were Aqua, classic 90s givers of Barbie Girl, Dr. Jones, and one of my favourite songs of 2000, Cartoon Heroes. Very incredible. Really, you would not expect them to be able to get the crowd going 
as well as they did. I think it's because they had a live band, which is not a thing that a lot of people at Mighty Hoopla actually do have. And it just does create a different vibe. And just having a whole crowd of kind of 20 to 40 year olds singing along to Barbie Girl is kind of a unique, special experience. Initially, with their first song, I was kind of worried because it seemed weirdly that the shouty guy's uh, voice hadn't gone, which is kind of weird as he didn't actually have to hit anything in key. But still, it seemed a bit dodgy. But by the end, he definitely found his way and the crowd are absolutely losing it. And then Confidence Man, a newer band, I think an Australian band. It's kind of they're in the white stripe school of we don't know whether the two leads are brother and sister or lovers but certainly are giving a kind of 90s, noughties influenced dance pop, which is really amazing. If you've not listened to it, I uh, definitely recommend it. Check Confidence Man out for yourself. Also want to talk about Roisin Murphy. We will briefly get to talk about her on this podcast at some point because she does have one UK Top 40 to come, which is honestly rudely few for someone who's been so amazing for so long. She, I've seen her a lot of times. She seems to be now on this kind of like easy listening kind of jazz vibe she played about six songs in 45 minutes just because she was doing these kind of extended versions and when you compare her to a certain other artist who for me was the worst performer of the weekend who managed to do about 40 songs it seemed in about 40 minutes but very badly that certainly seems much more impressive but you can find out if you keep listening exactly who it is I'm talking about there but first let's get this week's chart kicked off with a medley of songs that are in the 40 to 36 positions this week after numerous weeks on the chart. So let's have one last play of these songs. Peace. 
So that was, at 40, The Androids Would Do It With Madonna. 39, Plummet by Damaged. Wow, probably the last time they're ever going to be on the chart and I got it wrong. Uh, Damaged by Plummet. Never going to stick in my head that one. Number 38, probably in their last week on the chart, in their 14th week, Junior Seniors Move Your Feet. 37, this is in its 10th week, Room 5, featuring Oliver Cheatham's Make Love. And at 36 there, Kelly Rowland's Can't Nobody. I say that was the last time we're going to hear those because the way these charts have been going, if you're in 40 to 36, you're done for the count, I'm afraid. So sad to see Move Your Feet go after three and a half months. We are thinking that at the end of this year, we will be doing a Best of 2003 special. So I don't want to tip my hat too early, but I think Move Your Feet is certainly going to feature in that. I now can't hold it in any longer and this is going to be a ranty section of the podcast I'm afraid. That person who was my worst performer at Mighty Hoopla, even though she was the Saturday headliner was Miss Kelly Rowland. If you're a Kelly Rowland fan you might want to skip ahead a few minutes here because I'm not going to really say that much, that many kind things in the next few minutes. She starts, she's got her dancers on multiple podiums, she comes in Head to toe black leather. We're like, here we go. We're in for a good show here. It starts her version of Finally by Cece Peniston. You were like, okay. Weird that she's kind of starting with her cover, which didn't do very well, but fine. And then after about a minute and a half of that, she's on to the next song, Commando. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a good one. This will really get the crowd going. And just as we start getting going, she just, there's a bit of guitar sound and then it's on to the next song. Already we're like, uh oh, this you know, this kind of medley structure works for, you know, Janet Jackson, but that's because Janet Jackson has a 40-year discography. Kelly Rowland has 10 good songs, and the way she's going, she's going to run out of them in about 10 minutes, so kind of start to get worried. All the time we were hoping that she'd play Stoll, and she finally, she did, paying tribute to somebody she'd lost in her life, which I think was actually was a kind of beautiful moment. Unfortunately, the emotion of it meant that she did forget the second verse, so which I'll forgive her in this case. And then the show just went on. Her doing all the Destiny's Child songs, but weirdly only her lines, it seemed. Which made them all really choppy. And just as one had started, it was already gone. Really, the whole thing was a total and utter mess. I've never seen a woman have the kind of air on stage that she was really giving, whilst entirely giving nothing. Everyone around us was just looking at this like, what, this is a disaster. What is happening? It didn't really get going until she did When Love Takes Over, which unfortunately was her last song. But at least it was a song she almost played in full. I think she missed one of the verses. But it was like, finally we can settle down uh, and not be like bombarded with a million Kelly Rowland songs. Yeah, I've, you know, I don't, again, if you've now skipped ahead and you're on this bit, I will say, I've seen Kelly Rowland before. I saw a headline T for the Beach in 2008, 2009. And she was great. She had 20 minutes and she played about four songs. It was perfect. She played, I think it was... When Love Takes Over, Commander, something else, and a Desi Child Millie, and it was perfect. But this Mighty Hoopla set was a complete disaster. Yeah, I'm sure she cost a fortune, but I think they should have saved the money and just got Aqua to finish the festival. It would have been a much better end to the first day of the festival. Sorry, Kelly. Can't Nobody is a good song, but 20 years later, you leave me concerned. If your former bandmate is in the same city as you, completely delivering, and you're not, it just... You know, it's not a good look, is it? We're saying goodbye to you for now, but hopefully we'll have some kind things to say with a few more of the songs that we're going to hear from you on this podcast in the coming weeks. But now let's move on to our first new entry of the week. 
And I'm sorry, but I think this one's going to lead to another rant. Here's Cheering Breaks with Average Man. Okay, and I realised that you don't want to just hear a adult gay man rant for an entire podcast. So I'm going to put, I'm putting a minute countdown timer on and hopefully that is going to be the end of my rant about cheering breaks. Okay, so three, two, one, go. Yeah, Average Man is a perfect name for a cheering break song because Average Man describes every single member of this band and everything they've ever done. So there was recently a documentary called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is about the insane reception that New York indie bands like The Strokes had when they first got to the UK in the early 2000s. In this in this documentary, we see Julie, Julian Casablanca say that the whole thing was crazy and bizarre, that they were so popular. But it really wasn't that bizarre if you think about the fact that The Strokes were coming in when British indie was at its absolute doldrums, and the part of that is Turing Breaks. They can't even tell us why they're called Turing Breaks. They like in every interview they've ever done, they've never actually been able to convincingly explain it. They're so dull they can't even think of a story about how they got their own name, which I think is the absolute pinnacle of dullness. I don't even like the Strokes, but if you gave me the choice to watch them while being constantly electrocuted or listen to an hour of Turing Breaks, I'd be like, wire me up, please. So, and they also supported David Gray on tour this in the 2000s. So, if that doesn't sum up how boring they are, nothing does. Whew. There you go, that was a minute of Turing Breaks rant there. Yeah, they never have been able to explain what their name is. This is from TuringBreaks.nl. They tried a whole bunch of names and eventually Turing Breaks stuck. The fact that the name didn't really mean anything and could just mean the music itself and nothing itself was a huge pro. And they are nothing itself, so I guess in that way it's a perfect name. Luckily, we only have two more Turing Breaks singles to go. And in terms of British indie, at this point it's only eight months until Franz Ferdinand's Take Me Out comes out which i think is the song that kind of changes british indie forever well at least for for about a year and then you get into the kind of landfill indie era but all of this is still to come and for now let's move on to number 34 this is feeling you by shy fx and t power featuring kelly larock The mouthful of the band there, Shy FX and T Power working together, featuring Kelly LaRock with Feeling You at number 34, another new entry. To follow our repeated thread of, is it their real name? Kelly LaRock, amazingly, who would have thought it, not her real name. Her real name is Kelly Biggs, which, to be fair, less good as a artist title than Kelly LaRock. Shy FX, amazingly, that's not his real name either. He's Andre Williams. And T-Power, no, that is actually his real name. He's uh, Thomas Power. No! Ha 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 Fooled you. Mark Royal is his name, which actually may be better than T-Power, to be honest. So I think he needs to reconsider his options. Shy FX and T-Power are London-based, drum-based DJs. 
Kelly LaRock, meanwhile, best known for her vocals on the song Romeo by Basement Jacks. She describes herself on Twitter as a singer, writer, presenter, actor, dancer, teacher, princess, muse and full-time love activist. That was in capital letters there, love activist, with an exclamation mark. Exactly what principality she's a princess of is unclear. Maybe some small Micronesia-like nation. Can't speculate. But certainly she is an activist. And her most important piece of activism so far was her work to hashtag three Cuthbert. No caterpillar cake to be found. I went up to an employee. I was like, excuse me, have you got the caterpillar cake? And she was like, oh no, we don't sell that. And I was like, okay, I get the picture. I then went online, I realised that M&S had released a cease and desist. So all I managed to get was Colin. Okay. <laughs> it looks like a giant, um... well, they do say you can't polish a turd, but apparently you can just stick some Smarties on them and a caterpillar face. Giving us the hard, cold truth of the world that Cuthbert Caterpillar is just as tasty as Colin Caterpillar. Incredible, the bravery it takes. So thank you to Kelly LaRock for that immense bit of courage there in bringing that subject to the light. What did you think of that Shy FX song, by the way? I think it's pretty good. It's not as good as their other song, Move Your Body, aka the one that sounds exactly like the Sex and the City theme tune. But still, pretty good. Certainly better than our next song. This is down from 17 last week, so if I've done my maths right that's a 16 place drop not the biggest drop on this chart but certainly one of the biggest for Sonique at 33 with Sonique with can't make up my mind Here's Lisa Mafia with All Over. songs that you've heard from the last few weeks already Sonique in its second week in the chart down from 17 Bon Jovi third week down from 18 and Lisa Mafia there in her sixth week on the chart down from 21 so at number 30 a new entry here this is Skin with Trashed we're going to get in we're going to play the song in a minute and talk about exactly whose Skin is but I must say first that really does sound like 
a bitchy queen coming for you because you haven't moisturised properly, you know. Skin? Trashed. But of course it's not. No. Skin, if you're not an aficionado of 90s female-led rock, skin is Deborah Ann Dwyer. She was the lead singer of the band Skunk and Nancy. Although this is her, Trashed is her only UK top 40 as a solo artist. She had 10 as a member of Skunk and Nancy, the 90s punk band. Their hits included Hedonism, Weak and Brazen and other songs that didn't have one word titles, I think. If you wonder where the name Skin comes from, Radio X tells us it comes from her child nickname. She was always called Skinny from a young age due to her small frame, apparently. And when she got into the band, she halved it because she thought it was cooler. But is this song going to be as cool as the name Skin is? Or is she going to fall under the bad early noughties indie curse that this podcast seems to be under? If she does, because I love Skunk and Nancy, there's, I'm going to have no option but to throw myself into the sea. So let's take a listen to it now and see if I uh, need to purchase a pair of concrete shoes. To I might not have to completely throw myself into the ocean there, but I maybe, you know, have to dip a foot in or something. She's got a fascinating voice, which I think powers it through, but certainly it's a little, uh, you know, backdrop of a bad thriller kind of music, isn't it? Of course, Trashed is not the highlight of Skin's career, though. And neither Skunk and Nancy, actually, because, of course, I'm sure she considers the highlight of her career to be when she was the duck on Masked Singer. If that wasn't enough iconic television for you, she also apparently was a judge on the Italian X Factor. Quite why she was a judge on the Italian X Factor isn't entirely clear, but it does mean, and this is huge and amazing, that when she was on the X Factor, it was an entirely mononymic judging panel. So everyone who was on the panel had only one name. So we had Skin, obviously. We had Mika, yeah, that Mika. Grace Kelly, Patrick Wolf called him a cunt, Mika. Fedez and Elio as well, who are another two Italian pop stars, each with single names. Just in case you were potentially confused, by the way, that's Elio is in the Italian singer Stefano Bellisari, and sadly not Timothee Chalamet fucking a peach. Weirdly, that fictional character wasn't a judge in the Italian X Factor. Could you believe it? Of course, you're wondering, oh, could the fact that Skin was on the Italian X Factor mean that she could speak Italian? Well, it seems that a massive joke on the show was that no, she couldn't actually. She, she said on Twitter, Learning Italian is like climbing Everest in flip-flops, in a banana suit, listening to Norwegian death metal at full volume. Not sure why listening to Norwegian death metal would be, stop you from climbing Everest, but who am I to argue with Deborah Ann Dyer, a.k.a. Skin? So she is at number 30, and she's followed by another new entry at 29. This is the person who's about to herald in the new era of the 2000s, but this is his first song on the UK Top 40. So let's hear it. This is Dizzy Rascal with I Love You. I love you. 
And you know where you say that's for Some hot banger that you go, what for? Pregnant, we talking about before? Fifteen, she's under age, that's raw And against law, five years or more Now she wants to score and a half hour draw That's the kind of threat that you can't ignore That hole that you pin down to the floor But she owns what you said, three match words just because Dizzy Rascal is about to herald and grime into the charts, which obviously is now a huge music genre that kind of dominates the British charts for the next 20 years. It doesn't mean that he wasn't talked about at the time in the most 2003 ways possible. So this is a review of I Love You, courtesy of Boomcat.com. In case you were listening last week, that's not Boomcat, the band who did The Reckoning, who were on last week's chart before dropping spectacularly out of it this week. No, it is a record company website. But yeah, check out this most 2003 description, okay? Excel's latest signing drops a mutant two-step track that's stirring waves on the scene, delivered by Garage's local vocal ripper, Dizzy Rascal of the Roll Deep crew. The original starts with spook strings and a spannered sample of I Love You, joined by some full-on distorted kicks and West London mad shit flying all over the place. A weird and fresh garage cut without the garage. Vocals are supplied by Dizzy and Janine. Oh, that's Dizzy. I think he's spelt wrong both times. So that kind of says that's how new Dizzy Rascal is at this point. So supplied by Dizzy and Janine and are almost as cut up as the samples underneath. A true genre crossing UK underground cut. So yeah, it's an actually important record. Not to say that Triple Eight and Atomic Kitten are not important records they are of course in their own way but this one actually heralds in a new genre into the chart which you don't get every day grime is a it's one of the forces that are about to put british music back on the map internationally so that's exciting and also the wire magazine said it was this song is as important as anarchy in the uk which is the song that kind of brought punk into the charts so that's kind of pretty big thing to have achieved and pitchfork put it on their list of the 500 best songs since punk so a very important song that's going to go part of the way to help Dizzy Rascal win the Mercury Prize for 2003, which at the age of 19 makes him the youngest ever winner of the prize. So things are about to get massive for Dizzy Rascal. And we're going to hear a lot more of his stuff because Dizzy Rascal has had an amazing 24 top 40 hits in the UK, including five number ones. So there's going to be plenty of Dizzy to come. And I don't mean the cement mixer from Bob the Builder. He's uh not going to make an appearance, I don't think. Scoop, rock and dizzy and rolly too. Unless his uh, agent wants him to do a guest spot to promote his album or something. Then I'm willing, but to my knowledge, it's only going to be Dizzy Rascal and not Dizzy, the concrete mixer from Bob the Builder, in the weeks to come. So, sorry Bob fans. And if Dizzy Rascal is the future, then here are some people who are going to be left in the dust by him. At number 28, here's Mr. Reds and DJ Scribble with Everyone Come On. Brackets, can you feel it? garage sound that Dizzy Rascal is about to make a museum piece of the sort that only people mad enough to go through every top 40 of the 2000s would discover and who would have the insanity to do that I can't think of anyone so why I try and think of anyone who would even conceive of doing that let's move on to our next new entry on 
the top 40 from 20 years ago. 27, this is another new entry. Genuine with Hell Yeah. See we fresh with air ones, lectures and big drums. Chips, plenty chips, plenty kills, big drums. Mind you worry none, the minks come with the guns. Proud of the Gucci is all in bird form. I'm sitting in my truck, sticking the club out. Kill this last sip and going wild the fuck out. Uh, up in the club with my hands in the air. There's so much in the atmosphere. There's a girl, quick run and get your ass over here. And get yourself a cup of this crown and Belvedere. I'm all off in the corner when honey's taking. I have bad news for you, anyone who liked that song, as is going to be the case on many top 40s to come. That song was written, produced and arranged by, you've got it, R. Kelly. I didn't mention at the top of the podcast, but this is another week. I think this is hopefully the last week in which R. Kelly is number one with Ignition Remix. And as he is an actual convicted sex criminal, we are not playing that song at number one so this is we are all about the number two this week as we have been for the last three weeks but we can't let that affect genuine especially because he actually has been one of the disturbingly few artists who have worked with r kelly to have actually called him out i mean not in the most uh the strongest words but this is what genuine said in a interview with world star hip-hop he said if you're going to mess with somebody, you better mess with somebody your own age. Well, he really is genuine. Because it sounds like genuine. Yeah, you, you got that, hopefully. It is a great name, genuine. Although, maybe genuine's real name is even better. Because according to Wikipedia, and even if this isn't true, I don't care. I want it to be true so much. So his real name is Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. Which sounds like a kind of cartoon yokel that you might get in a Looney Tunes cartoon, but that's a fantastic name. I don't know why he didn't think that Elgin Baylor Lumpkin could have an R&B career. I think he should have kept it, but he's, as far, he is genuine. His most so- famous song, of course, being Pony, which has got lots of uh, middle-aged women's and middle-aged gay men's. Pulse is racing from its role in the Magic Mike films. But again, not his proudest moment either. His proudest moment of his career must obviously be the fact that he is a spokesman for the beverage adult chocolate milk. That's a 40% proof vodka-based version of chocolate milk. Three words. Yeah. Adult chocolate milk. milk. Yeah. That's my new drink. Well, it's not my new drink, but I'm the face of it, so I guess it is my new drink. Now, I'm not that up to date with uh, American alcohol measurements, but I think that's 20% alcohol uh, adult chocolate milk quite the quite the thing to get behind if they were to sponsor this show i'd be happy to uh be happy to do the show after drinking adult chocolate milk let alone even talking about it I'd certainly uh make the process different so maybe i'll be meeting genuine soon in the boardrooms of adult chocolate milk i can only hope so so that's genuine at 27 and, and at number 26 we have a another new entry a rock band that actually does have a lot of fans still. So I don't want to lump it entirely in with the bad, naughty, early noughties indie rock that we've been talking about over the last few episodes. But it's not the most exciting song in the whole world. So if you wanted to throw it onto the trash heap of that genre, then be my guest. Here is, at 26, Biffy Clyro with Questions and Answers. Like your head's gone soft Even though We spend our time without the chorus 
was surprised actually when I was researching the show to know that Biffy Clyro were making music as early as 2003, but apparently they were. This is their first UK top 40 after their three previous attempts hadn't made it to the all the way to top 40. But this has question and answers at 26. This is the first of 16 top 40s that Biffy Clyro have had, including three top 10s. And that's not including, of course, writing When We Collide, the Matt Cardle song that set the world, if not ablaze, then, I don't know, what's not even a flame, set the world lightly simmering. So this, as I said, it's called Question and Answers, and I have some questions and answers about Biffy Clyro. Of course, the obvious first question being, why are they called Biffy Clyro? And the answer is more complicated than you may think, because they have loved to give different versions of this story throughout the years. So here are a few of them. So they told Spin Magazine, Oh, there's a famous British musician called Cliff Richard. As you could obviously tell, that was a Scottish accent, because they are a Scottish band. And me and Ben were 13 and bored in our little Scottish town of error. And we'd think up imaginary Cliff... No, that's Irish. Okay. Imaginary Cliff Richard merch products. We thought of things like Cliff Richard coat hangers and Cliff Richard Jesus dolls. In the UK, there's a cheap kind of pen called a biro pen, and we thought about making Cliff Richard biro pens. Yeah, that's right. That's a Cliffy biro. So you can see where we're going with this. Oh, we we are actually definitely going there. So he added, we call them Cliffy biros. Somehow that turned into Biffy Clyro. Bizarrely, we weren't high at the time. There's just not a lot to do in air. The weather is terrible. So that's one reason. And then at another time, they told the Daily Record, and that this was their drummer, or as the Daily Record said, their sticksman, which kind of sounds obscene. So they said Biffy was a spy who inspired Ian Fleming to create James Bond, and Clyro is a town in Wales where they used to go to ho- they used to holiday as children. And then they told the Sydney Morning Herald that it was an acronym for Big Imagination for Feeling Young Cause Life Yearns Real Optimism. Yeah, right on that one, is all I'll say. I think they were running out of uh, bullshit names. But they also told Soccer AM, and this one's another one, that, where they were obviously just kind of taking the piss, that it was a Finnish footballer from the 17th century who played for Air United. Okay, sure. I don't know what it is about these boring bands like Biffy Clyro and Turin Breaks that they can't even have an interesting story about where their name come from they just have to i don't know generate excitement by like never telling anyone the real thing i mean if that's what you have to do to get your kicks then fine biffy clyro but i have another question what would it sound like if you gave pearl jam a load of downers the answer biffy clyro say i'm not i'm not their biggest fan but they are a huge band that a lot of people love i'll put them in the kind of muse camp of things that are inexplicably popular to me i'll never be able to understand it a band whose popularity I can understand a lot more, however, is at number 25 in its sixth week and down from number 19 this week. A former UK number one, this is Busted with You Said No. Thank you to Matty, James and Charlie there for You Said No, their classic song about saying no. I realise in the last few weeks we have talked a lot about Mighty Hoopla and that is 
very London-centric of me. So I have to apologise for that because that is what we do in the media now, isn't it? Apologise for being London-centric, even though we live in London. But we don't need to get into that now. But we are, I'm going to, if you weren't able to make it to Mighty Hoopla or had never heard of it, which is also a possible, I'm going to give you a little taste of it now because one of the songs on this week's chart was actually performed at the festival this weekend. So here is, live from Mighty Hoopla, Lisa Michelle Scott Lee, my favourite person with four first names, singing her number six hit in its first week. Now it's down to 24 in its third week. But here it is. This is Lately. Mighty Hoopla, give me a scream! to Lisa Scott Lee who very bizarrely weird coincidence here did a cover of GJ Sammy's Heaven only about 10 minutes after Confidence Man had done their own version of DJ Sammy's Heaven so don't know obviously this may shock you but Confidence Man and Lisa Scott Lee may not run in the same circles probably because Lisa Scott Lee is too busy being the headmistress of a performing arts school in Dubai and yes you can look that up that is true that is what she did certainly did before the Steps reunion and may perhaps still do in the summer holidays between terms at the Dubai Performing Arts Academy. Also, I'm not sure whether it's already happened yet in this chart or it's still to come, but it's this is the, I would say, second best song called Lately of the 2000s. Number one, of course, being Samantha Mumba's hit of the same name. which was also played at Mighty Hoopla. Respect to both of them. Naughty's legends, both. And speaking of Naughty's legends, of a very different kind, here are the songs of 23 to 19 on the chart of the 7th of June, 
Please. If the only thing you can't steal was came out to play, stay out my way. Motherfuckers, we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop, don't let it go. What? X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, X gon' give it to ya. pretty cause I see I'm beginning to lose my integrity. Sometimes in life you feel the fight is over, over. And it seems as though the ride is on. So let's run down what you've just heard. 23, Good Charlotte, Boys and Girls. 22, Bangwa Nights and Husan with Husan. 21, a 17 point drop. So that is the biggest drop from this week's chart. Stereophonics with Madame Helga. At 20, DMX with X gonna give it to you. That's in its sixth week in the chart. And at number 19, Craig David and Sting with Rise and Fall. So that takes us into our top 20. And as ever, a perfect time to have a look at what we have to come in some of the higher positions. Big releases this week are from... First, let's look at Emma Bunton, or big showbiz change here. She is now just going by Emma. She's decided that she wants to be a mononymic... She was maybe looking forward to one day being on the Italian X Factor by becoming Emma, but she is back. The artist formerly known as Emma Bunton, formerly known as Baby Spice, is back as Emma with Free Me, her very sexy first song from the album Free Me. Kind of interesting. This is very much her shedding the baby image once and for all by kind of saying that she can be slinky and sexy. But will the British record buying public except the new brand of Emma we will find out but she is one of our big contenders for this week's number two but to get there she's going to have to beat S Club this their much hyped final single after breaking up early in the year the double A side of Say Goodbye and Love Ain't Gonna Wait For You there's a lot of fans out there who are going to be hoping to get S Club a number one for their last their last go round obviously we know that they don't get to number one because a certain shall not be named R&B star is there but will they be able to get to number two with their last ever single for now of course you never know who could come back and I'd certainly love to see S Club's record new material because why not but for now S Club's last single but that is there is also competition from across the pond from Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey with I Know What You Want they may know what each other wants, and spoiler alert, if you haven't heard the song, it's sex. But do they know what the British record public wants? And will that be enough to get them to that number two slot? They also have stiff competition from Radiohead. Yes, that's right. You might think of them as an album artist, but no, no. They have a single here called They're There. And will They're There be able to get there? And by there, I mean number two in the UK. British charts. We'll find out. Also, let's not discount some of the other songs of this week. It's a big week of some big songs, and one of them is Abs with a stop sign. Yeah, I don't mean it's just a uh, anthropomorphic singing pair of abdominal muscles, although it's not not that. It is Abs Breen from Five, the first and I think only member of five to have a solo career his first song what you got was a number four hit i think with its sample of 
Uptown Top Ranking. But will his second song, Stop Sign, be able to match that first, and I have to say, forgotten but excellent debut single? That will also remain to be seen. But let's not forget two Eurovision-related releases that are also vying for that number two spot. We have XTM and DJ Chucky featuring Anya coming for the Shy FX, T-Power, Kelly LaRock crown of longest and most involved name of the week. They are doing a cover of the 2000 Eurovision winner, Fly on the Wings of Love, which is taking on this year's, again, I mean in this year, I mean 2003, UK Eurovision entry, Cry Baby by Gemini. It got nil poids at the Eurovision that year, but will it get douze poids with the people buying records? All of this remains to be seen, but first we have another new entry that hasn't been able to beat any of those, and it is Dirty Sticky Floors by Dave Gahan. This is the first of three solo UK Top 40s that Dave Gahan would have. Some of our older listeners may already know who Dave Gahan is, but if you don't, he is the lead singer of the 80s synth-pop band Depeche Mode, who have had, at this point in their career, in 2003, a whopping 36 Top 40 hits, which is incredibly impressive. Most famous of those, Personal Jesus, Just Can't Get Enough, of course, covered by The Saturdays, which are in their own number one, I think. That may be, uh, knowing the audience I've been trying to court, I've got a feeling that more of you may know The Saturdays Just Can't Get Enough than the Depeche Mode version. Depeche Mode song's worth checking out. Master and Servant, Very Kinky. As in, that song's very kinky, they don't have a song called Very Kinky. That would be a bit on the nose. And Enjoy the Silence, all songs worth checking out. But for now, we're going to check out Dave Gahan's solo song, Dirty Sticky Floors. Dirty sticky floor In case you didn't hear that there That was the lyric I'll sit and wait right by the phone Praying over the porcelain throne That of course means There's only one thing we can do which brings us to a poetry highlight of the week. Poetry highlight of the week. Thank you as ever for Harry Hill's TV Burp for providing us that sound clip. Yes, that's right. Dave Gahan is the winner of this week's poetry highlight of the week with that incredible couplet of phone and porcelain throne. If you're not sure what the, a porcelain throne is, he means throwing up. He's a... Uh, being sick on a dirty, sticky floor, which is a lovely topic for a song. It isn't just about vomiting, this song. It's actually about addiction and the kind of unglamorous side of a drug addiction, particularly, which is uh, can often be glamorised in media. Dave Gahan's having none of that. And he would know about addiction because uh, Dave Gahan is a recovering heroin addict. He overdosed in 1996 and was actually pronounced dead for two minutes before being revived. So if anyone knows about the dirty, sticky floor life, it's Dave Gahan. He told The Guardian about the 1990s. Uh, there was a horrible period in which people would throw bags of drugs on stage. Yeah, that's something that Steps or S Club 7 never had to deal with, is it? Only Depeche Mode know what it's like to have uh, bags of heroin chucked at your face. 
So Dave Gahan there definitely knowing what he's talking about with that song at number 18. And at number 17, here's a band who definitely know what they're talking about as well. This is Cheeky Girls with Take Your Shoes Off. And you can't tell me that they don't know how to take their shoes off because I know for a fact that they do. Down from 11, the Cheeky Girls with Take Your Shoes Off. And of course, because it's the Cheeky Girls, it's time for another edition from the Chronicles of the Cheeky Girls. Last week we heard about their boob jobs that their skinny bodies actually rejected, leading to, as one of them said, their boobs pointing in different directions. Fascinating stuff, and it's time for more fascinating bits and pieces from the Sun interview with them in 2022 by Katie Doherty. So later in the article, Gabby, Gabriella from the Cheeky Girls talks about probably the thing that people most remember the Cheeky Girls for, if they don't remember Cheeky Song, Touch My Bum, that is her relationship with the Liberal Democrat MP Lembert Opic. So she says about him, so they dated for two years, but she claims, and I have to say she claims, there's, we haven't, there's no confirming or denying this by the Lib Dem camps, but this is what she says that the main reason why her and Lembert Opic broke up because of interfering from the Lib Dem party bosses. So Gabby says, It was the big reason why the relationship ended. Lembert was torn. He wanted the relationship. He wanted to do everything together with the press. But the Lib Dems wanted to control not only him, but the relationship. And ended up wanting to control us as an act. Yeah, the Lib Dems uh, controlling what the cheeky girls did. That doesn't sound like a recipe for success, does it? Uh, so Gabby tells how party bigwigs demand she dress conservatively and force the couple to turn down an £8,000 appearance on Terry Wogan. I think Terry Wogan was low-balling them there. I think they could have got more than 8000 myself, but I don't, want, I don't know how much uh, the going rate was for chat shows in 2003, so I guess I can't speculate that much. So, But Gabby says at the time, they were in a very, 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 that's four varies, controlling position. I remember that one time they said for me not to wear the short skirts and wanted me to wear knee length. That's not very cheeky girl. Yes, that is true. Can't you just uh, keep going with not winning elections? If you spent less time trying to control the cheeky girls, Lib Dems, and spent more time trying to win elections, Lib Dems, then maybe we'd be, you'd be in a better position, wouldn't you? Don't you come for my girl Gabby like that. And this isn't even the end of what the Lib Dems are alleged to have done to Gabby Cheeky. She says that they even hired a PR consultant to watch over it. And it seems this is kind of unclear, this sourcing of this quote, but I think it's Gabriella who says that Putin could take lessons from the Lib Dems about totalitarian control. Shots fired there at the Lib Dems and Putin. Gabriella Cheeky, one of our great freedom fighters. And that was another edition from the Cheeky Girls Chronicles. Looking forward to at least a few more of those before hopefully Take Your Shoes Off leaves the top 40 because, as I've said before, I love that song, so I'm happy for every week that it can spend on this show. Another song I'm glad to see here. This is pretty good. Not as good as their most famous song, You're a Superstar, but still definitely worth a listen. At number 16, down from 8, here is Love Inc. with Broken Bones.
Love Inc. with Broken Bones, or as I like to call them, Party Bono, Blue Debbie, and the one that doesn't like fancy dress. And if that makes no sense to you, then you're going to have to listen back to last week's episode where we talk about Love Inc. Yeah, and of course, if you want to listen back to any of our episodes, they are available at all good podcast providers. Never forget that. I'm sure at this point you know how a podcast works, but it seems that they all say that, so I thought I'd just join in with the bandwagon there. Good. Now I've done all my appropriate podcast things that I have to say, apparently. We can move on to number 15, another new entry. They got Nilpois from Europe, but the UK liked them enough to get them to number 15. It may have been because they felt sorry for them. Nevertheless, here is Gemini with Cry Baby. That song has a place in kind of Eurovision infamy as the first ever UK song to get Neil Poir, but actually, I think it's fine. It's pretty cheesy, admittedly, but it's just a great reminder of that time, brief time in the early 2000s when every song was Spanish for some reason. <laughs> When we're talking about Gemini moments in popular culture, Gemini are always going to be number two to this clip. Dean Coyle, I'm from Lark Hill and Derry. Um, did a birth 15th of the 6th, 85, making me a Gemini. Yeah, making her a Gemini. Dean Coyle there trying to get onto Irish pop stars by lying about her age and saying that she hasn't got her passport. But Gemini certainly the second most famous British-Irish Gemini reference. Their name is spelt with a J. Gemini with a J. They are, in fact, the twins, Chris Crombie and Gemma Abbey from Liverpool. So Gemini, I assumed, was because Gemini, the star sign, is the twins. But there was probably some other band called Gemini with a G. So they thought, for legal reasons, we'll put a J on there. I do think it is a little bit rude of the organisers of Liverpool Eurovision, when they had that Eurovision medley of Eurovision stars singing songs made famous in Liverpool, for them to not give Gemini a chance to redeem themselves. Maybe they can represent us in 2024. I don't care. Why not? Can't be any worse than uh, some of the artists that we've had. Uh, Not name any names. Daz Sampson. Yeah, Yeah, I decided to throw shade at Daz Sampson today. Yeah, even though you have forgotten about him, like... 15 years ago but apparently they're not called Gemini because they're twins Wikipedia says it's because they are Gem and I 
as in Gemma and I being the other guy. I mean, sure, but that makes much less sense about why it's Gemini with a J, because her name is Gemma with a G, so yeah, that's kind of strange, but sure. Wikipedia's never been wrong, so it must be right. They sadly, it was kind of ruined their life, Eurovision, in a little way. They, Gemma says that they had tech issues on the night, which meant that they couldn't hear themselves for the first 30 seconds, which is why they started so out of tune. Of course, we can't, we can not know whether that was the case, but that is what they claim. And then after that, this led to them being dropped by their record label. So sad for them, because as I said, that song is kind of, you know, it's as good as Scooch, and they managed to have like a few hits and a Eurovision song that got more than nil poise. So I don't know why it's Gemini who get all of the uh, all of the criticism, but there we go. Their Wikipedia's full of interesting little factoids. Terry Wogan thought that it was the reason that Gemini did so badly was because the UK was suffering for what it called a post Iraq, what he called a post Iraq backlash. You thought you'd got away from references to the war in Iraq on this week's episode, but absolutely not. There's one for you. Although we have to be honest, if you hear their performance, the true war crime <laughs> was happening on the Eurovision stage. So that may have been why they uh, didn't do so well. But now they are not the only Nilpois act that the UK has had. Also, James Newman in 2021 also got Nilpois. So at least they have someone to talk to in that hall of infamy there. So that's good. Apparently, to make matters worse on the night of Eurovision, someone vandalised their dressing room, which I really do think leads insult to injury. I don't know whether that was a story they planted to kind of subtly hint that they had been sabotaged or whether it actually happened, but certainly gives us an insight into what Eurovision might be like behind closed doors. Who's to say? The news round was where we got the source that their dressing room had been broken into. Kind of a funny little line in that news that news round article so they say it features the line their Mart- their manager martin o'shea who also looks after atomic kitten said Gemma 20 and chris 21 were distraught the kittens have been watching at home and they too were very upset for the pair great i don't know why uh atomic kitten get a shout out in uh gemini's story and also news round asked the viewers of the news round website whether they would be buying gemini's single crybaby they did a poll and 77.48% said, no, it's awful. So never say kids aren't brutal because that's Gemini fully bodied by that. Since Eurovision, they've had kind of interesting lives. So Gemma, it says on Wikipedia, was arrested and sentenced for social security fraud in November 2016. She was claiming as a single mother when she had undergone a wedding ceremony in Algarve in 2013 and was living with her partner. She overclaimed tax credits for her daughter, born in 2009. She was given a 30-week prison sentence, suspended for one year, and put on supervision order for one year. So fascinating stuff from Gemini there at number 15 with Crybaby. And talking of Eurovision, actually, at number 14, the act that represented Russia against Gemini and did much better with a admittedly much better song. Here is Tattoo in their second week in the chart with Not Gonna Get Us.
next up in the top 40 chart for the 7th of June 2003 is two other former number ones. At 13, the former UK number one, Tom Craft with Loneliness. And at number 12, a former US number one, and also number one in the list of famous people who have pushed my mum. It's 50 Cent with Inter Club. So let's hear both of those now. Craft and Fiddy. Moving straight on to number 11. This song didn't make it to number one, although if I had my way in the chart, it would have. This is No Good Advice by Girls Aloud. Girls Aloud also had their place on the Hoopla stage. And I have to say, so Nadine, Nadine Coyle, played on the Saturday as a late replacement for Rachel Stevens. And then years and years on Sunday brought out Kimberly and Nicola to do Call the Shots and The Promise. I have to say, I love Nadine Coyle. I've seen her, I think, five times. Not always on purpose, but I have. And this time, we realised, bless her, that the first time we saw her, which I think was about 2016, and the last time, she's using exactly the same backdrops. We looked at a picture of her performing Call the Shots at the Clapham Grand, and she had exactly the same graphic that she's still using to this day. Gotta love her. One thing she has managed to avoid this time, when she played at the Clapham Grand, at the bottom of the screen, when she pulled it up, it had the title of the thing, so it came up as calltheshots.mp4, which was actually one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a gig, to be honest. So she does, she's done a lot of the same songs, and it really is time that she put No Good Advice, I think, into the rotation, because I think a lot of us want to hear it. I think it's a great, one of their absolutely classic singles. And certainly, I know it was a UK number one, but if I never heard The Promise again... As long as I lived, I think I'd be perfectly satisfied with that because I do not think it's one of their best. But I have to make a confession. I did miss Kimberly and Nicola at Hoopla. I was told that he was bringing out members of Girls Aloud, but we just, we hit a wall that was about as much years and years as we could take. No shade to Ollie Alexander, who put on a great show as great as he could, but we just were not feeling it. So we uh, went on the waltzes instead. And uh, I regret nothing. But had they played No Good Advice, I might have felt bad. So let's hear it now at number 11, down from five in its third week. At 11, with no good advice, which takes us into our top 10 
from 20 years ago. So let's see what we have still to come. So new entries from, in alphabetical order, Abs, the anthropomorphic six-pack with stop sign, Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey with I Know What You Want, Emma, just Emma, thank you, with Free Me, Radiohead with There There, and XTM with Fly on the Wings of Love. Also, still to come, these are from last week's chart, we have songs from Justin Timberlake, Big Brothers, Sean Paul, and Not R. Kelly. So, which one of those is number 10? Well, you are about to find out now. Get ready with the mic, let's go My sound, abstract, cut the loop and bring the beat back Bounce to the hot new flavor Turn off the hot and on the system fader It ain't that I hate y'all, but I don't wanna know y'all See you later That's Abs with Stop Sign at number 10 His, uh, with his second Not a good sign when your second track as a pop star gets to number 10 So I fear that we may not be hearing much from Abs from now on Which is a shame because looking at his Wikipedia page full of fascinating weird little bits of information so I'm kind of intrigued by Abs now so I'll give you a few little pieces about him so Abs actually not his first name his it's short for his middle name which is Aberdeen A-B-I-D-I-N not the uh, Scottish town so his full name is Richard Aberdeen Breen and he had to change his name because when he joined Five they already had a Richie so of course he had to be Abs which makes sense that was a Typical bit of Simon Cow logic of who, of course, was Five's manager, as well as artists like Samantha Mumba, Robson and Jerome, and Zig and Zag, the ITV puppets. So quite the packed roster there. So Abs's first single as a solo artist was the excellent What You Got. He has since kind of stopped being a pop star. He used to be Abs with an S, and now he's Abs with a Z because, to quote, I got a bit annoyed with everybody constantly referencing the six-pack. Which is fine, because abs with a Z definitely doesn't sound like abs. So, yeah, he won't get that problem anymore. Now that he's changed his name from abs to abs, I can't see anyone mentioning a six-pack at all when they hear his name. So, problem solved, mate. He is in the issue of Smash Hits that we talked about last week, and he has an amazing haircut that we need to see someone do again. So, it's kind of a crew cut, but with diagonal lines kind of going from the front to the back giving him a kind of kind of it's almost like a kind of like ordnance survey map haircut actually so he this would not this is this song stop sign would not quite be a uh, stop sign on his career because he would have one more single as a solo artist before and then he's gone on to do some very weird and interesting things so he was second place on celebrity big brother he then returned to the band five that's of course five with a five ive so five ive as the cool kids call them. Of course, at that time, they were touring as four. They were still touring as the name, the band five. That was the name, but there were four of them. So it should have been four with, of course, the F as a four or four or. And then in, to make things even more complicated, in 2013, he left five, five, five. So then I guess they were three or three. And if any of that makes sense to you, then... I don't know, he needs to take a cold, hard look in the mirror, I think. Yeah, so five, now Taurus three, if that makes sense. 
Ab, since leaving Five, has got very into farming. In 2015, he tried to sell his Brit Award. He said he needed to buy some, quote, topsoil and gardening tools. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, apparently, there was a bid put in for a million pounds, but eBay shut down the account of the uh, bidder in question, suggesting it may be a... Because uh, they were warned it may be a scam. So, sadly... Abs was not able to buy a million pounds worth of topsoil, which is, I'm sure, a great shame. So, yeah, quite the life for Abs there. And if you couldn't tell, I was saying Abs there with a Z because they are completely different as names. And in 2016, it's just to mention, before we move on from his life story, that he released a song called Cock-a-doodle-doo in 2016, which was, again, to fund his gardening. So let's take a little listen to that. I'm planting them seeds and I'm watching them grow But how am I supposed to live the good life when Every day I'm shoveling Oh man A little peek behind the curtain uh, I'm putting that in later So at the time of recording I don't know whether that was good or not But I've got my suspicions that it might not be What with it being called Cock-a-doodle-doo And having been released by Abs in 2016 But we never know Maybe I've just heard the best song I've ever heard Certainly Smash Hits for Stop Sign was one of the best songs they'd heard. Serena Lacey, our favourite Smash Hits reviewer of 2003, gave it five guitars out of five and said, Always a delight. Abs is one of those people who can do no wrong. He's cute, charming, damn talented. That's damn like a beaver's dam. Obviously at this point Smash Hits is uh, down on its readership so can't really afford a sub-editor anymore, but that's fine. And makes blinding tunes. Almost a year after his debut solo single, he's back with a great pop tune of such funky proportions your feet go haywire, your booty shakes, and your head spins. And that's even before the chorus has kicked in. It's fast, it's here, and it's mighty fine. I feel that Serena Lacey may have a crush on abs from Five, and who can blame her with those diagonal stripes in his hair? Pretty, that was the peak of man in 2003. Alongside this review in Smash Hits, he also provided a list of things he'd give a stop sign to they are insects cricket the sport not more insects jambalaya apparently he doesn't like prawns uh, enrique iglesias who he says walks like a woman which mm, okay not sure about that one abs as an insult oh and also he'd put give a stop sign to poverty <laughs> which is uh actually in this list is is put in between cricket and jambalaya so I don't know what PR manager was like. Yeah, and poverty abs. It's really bad optics if you don't say, I need to put a stop sign to poverty. Of course, very short-sighted of abs, though, because if he gives a stop sign to insects who do such important work in pollinating plants and dispersing seeds, then that's only going to make the cycle of poverty much worse. So it's almost like abs didn't fully think through his list of things he'd give a stop sign to for smash hits. You know, sort out your worldview before you write for these publications of record abs you know that's abs at number 10 fascinating guy again if you couldn't hear that abs with the z that was abs number nine <laughs> yeah we loved abs it's got a pretty good song as well i think and certainly a song that has stood the test of time i still think you could get a massive reception for this one in any club in the country at number nine another new entry from xtm and dj chucky featuring ania with Fly on the Wings of Love.
So that is a cover of the song Fly on the Wings of Love, which originally was a 2000 Eurovision winning song for the Danish band Olsen Brothers. Yeah, that's like the Olsen twins, but they're the Olsen brothers. They're exactly like the Olsen twins, though, but they're men and they're middle-aged and they're folk singers and they're Danish. But apart from that, they're exactly the same as the Olsen twins. Here is what the Olsen Brothers version of Fly on the Wings of Love sounded like. Very wholesome there, the Olsen Brothers. The picture that iTunes has automatically given that song in my library is them sitting in a plane both look as the pilots and the co-pilot looking back over their shoulders and giving a hearty thumbs up lovely i'd fly on the wings of love with those guys not in a sexual way just in a nice we're flying way i don't know i don't want to have sex with the olsen twins or <laughs> not them or the olsen brothers just got that clear good but a good song works well both in its folk version and its xtm trance version. There's also a Danish version by the Olsen brothers called Smuxom e Zderneskud which is beautiful as a shooting star. So a versatile song definitely there. But the XTM version had one of the first entirely CGI videos which apparently was the most played song on the music TV channel The Box in 2003. And so as someone who has watched an absolute metric ton of The Box while growing up, I must have seen this video a million times, although I can't remember a minute of it, so clearly made an impression. Maybe that's why we had to keep playing it on the box, because people kept forgetting it. XTM, in case you were wondering, are Spanish brothers Zaski and Tony Ten. Again, not, I imagine, their real names. Whereas singer Ania is described online as Spanish vocalist, singer, voiceover, and athlete. Although exactly what her athletic discipline is doesn't seem to have made it onto the internet. And as far as I know, Flying on the Wings of Love is not yet in the Olympics, so it can't be that. I guess you could kind of, I don't know, pole vault on the Wings of Love? But anyway, we don't know. If anyone knows who, what Anya's athletic discipline is, please email us at the 2000chartshow at gmail.com. Or in fact, if you're Anya yourself, please get in contact and tell us your memories of Flying on the Wings of Love, please. And of course, DJ Chucky is Chucky from the Rugrats, otherwise known as Juan Marcel Garria. Anchuela, a Spanish DJ. This got me into a dark alley, as I sometimes will go on, of dance versions of Eurovision songs. I thought, if you can do it to Fly on the Wings of Love, you must be able to do it with some other songs. So here are some of the things I found in this particularly dingy corner of the internet. You gotta speed it up, and then you gotta slow it down. Yeah, so if you ever need dance versions of Making Your Mind Up by Buck Spheres, Waterloo by ABBA or Dancing Lushatumbai by Verko Saduka. You know where to look now. So I'm glad I've given you that. I'm sure for somebody, those songs are now their favourite things. And oh, 
What a coincidence. Number eight, down from three, Big Brothers with favorite things. And in fact, we are in the very exciting position that we have a top five of entirely new entries, apart from Ignition Remix, which we're not talking about. So that means that number seven and number six are the last two songs from last week's chart. So here they are. At number seven, down from six, Sean Paul with Get Busy. And down from two last week in its second week, it's now at number six. It's Justin Timberlake with Rock Your Body. Get it on till the early morning, girl. It's all good. Just turn me on. Y'all don't sweat it. Don't get agitated. Y'all go and rotate. Car. Anything you want, you know you must get it. Come in here, my mention. No easy tension. Y'all run the program. Just go and fit it. Y'all have a good time. Y'all free up on your mind. Can't nobody care. This your man won't let it. Cause you are the number one. Y'all wave your hand. Make them see the wedding band. Y'all sexy ladies want power with us. You know the car with us. Talking about songs that were on the box all the time, I feel like I saw that video with the many, many lights constantly in 2003, which suggests that even though it's done a four-place drop in its second week, that Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake is going nowhere on the chart soon. But it has dropped out of the top five because of four new entries from Buster Rhymes, Emma Bunton, Radiohead. And of course, we have S Club, saying goodbye with their last single say goodbye slash love ain't gonna wait for you will they be saying goodbye on top we're gonna find out as we continue with this chart so at number five it's free me a new entry at five for just emma full review of Free Me by Emma Bunton, now known as Emma. So ex-Spice gets sophisticated. She used to be called Emma Bunton, but now she's dropped the surname, possibly to cut all ties with the Spice Girls. When you listen to this single, you realise she's also steered musically clear of anything Spice related to. There's tinkling piano, lots of stirring strings, and it all sounds a bit like a 1960s film soundtrack. Not actually a good one, though. That's not, of course, from Serena Lacey. She would never say anything so cruel about Emma. This is from Ian Eddy, my new nemesis. And it isn't just this review, by the way, that I'm making him my new en- nemesis and the nemesis of this pod. 
So later on in this episode, he gives three guitars to Fighter by Christina Aguilera, which I think, if any song of 2003 is a five-guitar song, it's Fighter by Christina Aguilera. So I'm not quite sure what Ian Eddy's problem is, apart from the fact that he has two first names as a name, which, as anyone knows, makes someone inherently untrustworthy. And we won't think about the fact that my name is Samuel Spencer, because anyone whose first name is Spencer is just masquerading with a surname. So that's all I have to say about that. I mean, to give Ian Eddy some credit, his bio in Smash It said he's into guitars and good beats, and Free Me by Emma has neither. So giving it three guitars there. The fact that he calls it not good, but it gets three guitars, does suggest that Smash Hits has an unofficial policy that it won't give anything any less than three stars, which usually a sign of a publication that's desperate to keep advertising revenue, uh, that they don't want to annoy anyone by giving them a bad review so that a record label won't advertise with them. So they'll even the songs they like the least, they'll give three stars to. Again, I'm not going to say who it is, but as we mentioned last week, there is a publication uh, that's in has been in some trouble that is doing that with their theatre reviews at the moment. Uh, so it is interesting to see these old systems repeat themselves. And one of the little themes of this podcast, I guess, is seeing things that are emerging from 2003 again. Although I do say that Smash Hits only gives other people three stars. They did however, give Fast Food Rocker's Fast Food Song zero guitars. The rating guide at the top, which doesn't even include a zero guitars. So clearly that one, they were like, no, I know that this is a marketing strategy that we have implemented because we're on our last legs as a publication, but even we were not stooped so low as to give Fast Food Rocker's Fast Food Song a single guitar. So there are still some journalistic standards left in these singles review pages. Smash Hit should be glad to know. But I, you know, it is, I think, totally an unfair to give that song three stars, three guitars. I think it's definitely at least a four. Fascinating time for Emma Bunton's career. You know, it's very much baby getting sexy. So, you know, watch out, Taylor Swift. Everybody is a sexy baby, but Emma Bunton invented being sexy baby. This song sees her leave her first record label of Virgin and come back to Simon Fuller, the manager of S Club 7, funnily enough, and Spice Girls, who weirdly... You may not expect, but she says give her much more opportunity to do what she wanted. And what she wanted to do, it seems, was make a kind of 60s Motown album. And it paid off because, so Emma holds the distinction of being the only Spice Girl to have had her second album make more money than her first. So Free Me, obviously a gamble that paid off. Weirdly, very, you know, it's kind of very 60s Motown influence, but it's produced by the guy who did all of the Lighthouse Family's albums. So... That's a guy called Mike Pedden, responsible for that. So you could say he worked on the uh, Lighthouse Family uh, production and then he uh, really helped the production of Emma's song get uh, lifted. Good, some Lighthouse Family humour there. Which, what other podcast do you get that from? Come on. Just before we move on from Emma, to say that I'm glad that she's taken the mononymic name Emma because it means that she is stealing it from... A former Just Emma, the 90, talking about again about Eurovision, the UK's entry from 1990, who performed one of my absolute least favourite UK Eurovision entries ever. So I'm glad that Miss Bunton is stealing that title. And I'm also glad that she released the album Free Me because I think maybe it's the best run of singles from a single album that any of the Spice Girls ever had. Because even Northern Star, which I think we usually consider to be the best 
solo Spice Girls album does have If That Were Me, the Mel C's very maudlin mawkish song about homelessness. So it does have a duff track. But this run of singles, Free Me, Maybe, I'll Be There and Crick- Cricket Sing for Anna Maria. That's a great lineup. And as some people may have seen on our Twitter, I make a case for Maybe being the best Spice Girls solo track. Not everyone agrees with that, and I respect you people, but you're all wrong. And you will find out when Maybe is the next song from Free Me to come out. So look forward to that coming very soon. But hopefully, Free Me by Emma will have a long chart run before we get to talk about that. But we have to move on for now and leave Emma at number five and head to number four, which is There There by Radiohead. Genius.com calls There There a song about the human struggle against the evil forces of temptation that vie to lead us astray. So try not to be led too far astray by this. of didn't really get going in that 30 second clip i don't think i've uh fully done it justice but we're not here for you know let's be honest rage ahead you know i you know good band i think kid a is a masterpiece but we're not going through these top 40s to hear radio head songs are we we're here for like javine so we will leave it there but we will say that this is a single from their album hail to the thief their follow-up to the aforementioned kid a and its full title is they're there Brackets, the bony king of nowhere, which apparently is a name for of a song from the British TV show Bagpuss that Tom York was watching with his son. As for me, I bony king of nowhere is my new uh, weight loss goal. Actually, I uh, if I ever got a personal trainer and they say, oh, you know, what do you want to achieve in these sessions? I'm like, I would like to become the bony king of nowhere, please. Thank you very much. Don't know what kind of uh, press ups you have to do to achieve that, but you know, I want to enter. Right now, I'm kind of in my bagpuss era, and I would like to go into my bony king of nowhere time. So maybe I'll listen to There There by Radiohead as I do that. But yeah, number four, one of seven UK top tens that Radiohead have had in the charts, starting, of course, with Creep in 1993, which got to number seven. There There is their second highest charting song in the UK charts, tied with No Surprises, another UK number four, which I think is frankly much better but their biggest hit was Paranoid Android, which got to number three in 1997. And just before we move on from Radiohead, just to say that apparently Tom York hated the original version they recorded and then actually cried with relief when the producer arranged it and now calls it one of the best songs that Radiohead have ever done. I'm not sure I agree, but, uh, you know, can't really come for Radiohead. They are, uh, I think we pretty much consider them to be a, a good band, even though when I saw them at Glastonbury... I did leave early, so uh, that might might explain why I'm now doomed to a purgatory of listening to the Cheeky Girls every week. But hey, I love the position I've been put in, so I'm very happy with that. So we are now, we have three songs left. So two new entries and then this week's number one, Ignition Remix by noted sex criminal R. Kelly. So once I play number three, you're going to know what number two is. So let's quickly do a run through of what we've had so far and because the timer thing works so well 
earlier. Let's see if we can do, I can do the whole chart so far in one minute. So here we go. Three, two, one. At 40, Androids would do it with Madonna. At 39, Plummet by Damaged. Damaged by Plummet, damn it. 38, Junior Senior, Move Your Feet. 37, Room 5 featuring Oliver Tutor, Make Love. 36, Kelly Rona, Can't Nobody. 35, a new entry for Turing Breaks, Average Man. 34, another new entry, Shy FX and Feeling You. 33, Sonique, Can't Make My Mind Up. 32, Bon Jovi, All About Love and You. 31, Lisa Mafia, All Over. 30, new entry, Skin with Trashed. 29, new entry, Dizzy Rascal with I Love You. 28, Mr. Rez and DJ Scribbles, everybody come on back, can you feel it? 27, new entry, Genuine, hell yeah. 26, another new entry, Bill Cl Biffy Clyro, questions and answers. 25, Busted You Said No. 24, Lisa Scott Lee Lately. 23, Good Charlotte Boys and Girls. 22, Bangor Nights and Hussan with Hussan. 21, Stereo Fox of Adam Holger. 20, v DMX, X gonna give it to you. 19, Craig David and Stings, Rise and Fall. 18, new entry, Dave Gahan, Dirty Sticky Floors. 17, Cheeky Girls Take Your Shoes Off. 16, Love Inc, Broken Bones. 15, new entry, Gemini, Gemini Cry Baby. 14, Tattoo Not Gonna Get Us. Ugh. Just a 14. Okay, we're going to see if we're going to prove that in weeks to come. But I'll say that at number 14, Tattoo's Not Going to Get Us. At 13, Tom Cross Loneliness. 12, 50 Cents Into Club. 11, Girls Allowed New Advice. New entry at 10 for Abs with Stop Sign. Number 9, XTM and DJ Chucky featuring Anya, Fly on the Wings of Love. That's a new entry. Number 8, Big Brother's Favourite Things. 7, Sean Paul Get Busy. 6, Justin Timberlake's Rock Your Body. 5, new entry for Emma with Free Me. Number 4, Radio Heads There There. And at number three this week, it is this R&B banger. In the passionate way, love the way you touch it, a little elaborate ways. Got the guard feeling released to relax for the day it's on you. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. As long as you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want. So that is Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey with I Know What You Want, which means that this week's number two is S-Club's double-A side of Say Goodbye and Love Ain't Gonna Wait For You. But before we talk about S-Club 7's final track, we will talk about Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey. So I Know What You Want. What is it that they want, you may wonder? You're probably thinking, well, it's sex, Samuel, obviously. But no, I think that I Know What You Want. What Mariah Carey wants is Claire's accessories jewellery. If you've seen the video, she is doing a little bit of product placement for Automatic Princess, a jewellery line made by a certain Miss Mariah Carey for the popular, let's say, tat brand, Claire's accessories. Yes, in 2003, Mariah Carey had a jewellery line for Claire's accessories. In a world in which Beyonce does Tiffany Spawn where she wears a diamond the size of your fist on your back, it's a nice little bit of nostalgia to think about Mariah Carey's jewellery line, but sadly, nice is not the word I would use to describe some of the jewellery that she made. It kind of, it gives, may make your neck turn green at any moment, shall we say. Although I'm sure for legal reasons, it doesn't, I'm sure it's very good quality merch, but certainly I'm not wanting to buy it. So a lot of it is based around this AP logo for Automatic Princess. And by the way, what is an Automatic Princess? Sounds like some sort of, like, sex doll. But it's not. It's some description from my carrier, presumably. But this AP logo, very funny to wear a necklace uh, with AP on it, if you're a journalist, because it's like, it's just letting everyone know that you love the uh, the AP newswire. Which actually, 
I do. So uh, maybe I'll get myself an automatic princess necklace. But it's a very ugly uh, logo, which festoons most of this stuff. A lot of charm bracelets with flowers and butterflies and rings on them that are, yeah, certainly of their time. Obviously, Mariah Carey fans will know that around this time she released an album called Charm Bracelet. And if that album is as bad as these charm bracelets look, then we're in trouble. And looking at some of the reviews of Charm Bracelet, I suggest that they they both might be as bad as each other. To give Mariah Carey some credit for the Automatic Princess jewellery line, one of the items is a brush, a hairbrush and a hair comb that are tied together by a metal cord, which actually is genius. And I might have to make a purchase of that. Because then you can brush and comb your hair at the same time, and that is actually called innovation. So well done, Mariah Carey, for that. But I don't think I'm going to be trying on any Automatic Princess soon. I'm also not going to be trying on Glamorize, which seems to be the second jewellery line that Mariah Carey did for Claire's accessories. So obviously, Automatic Princess was a big enough hit for them to do a second line of, it seems to be mostly ugly butterfly bangles. So, you know, great. I'm glad Mariah Carey got her money, but yikes basically. It kind of, once you think that I Know What You Want is about jewellery, it does give the relationship of Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey in the video a kind of new vibe. You know, he comes home from a long day of work, and he's like, oh, you know, fancy a shag, and she's like, no, I've got a headache, and he's like, oh, wait, no, no, Mariah, I've bought you a leopard print scrunchie and some lip balm that tastes like Skittles from your favourite Claire's accessories, and then she's like, oh, have me, big boy. Yeah, they have a Claire's Accessories-based relationship, which, you know, the relationships have been based on worse. But we know what they want, and it's Claire's Accessories. Which is actually very weird, seeing as you would have thought if any band was going to do Claire's Accessory tie-in, it would actually be this week's number two S-Club. You could see a kind of line of S-Club scrunchies. Obviously, it would be the S would stand for scrunchie there. So it's, you know, tied in right there. I'm amazed they didn't do it, but that may have been because in 2003... And some of you may have just only got over this, but S Club did break up. And this was their last single, Say Goodbye and Love and Gonna Wait From You, from their Greatest Hits collection. With any job, there comes a time to move on and face new challenges. We've experienced so much more than we ever imagined, and we've enjoyed a huge amount of success. That was the statement that S Club put up in 2003 to announce they were moving on. And it does seem, actually... Either everyone has just kept their mouth shut or they just did decide to move on and pursue other things. You'll hear in the lyrics to say goodbye that there's a mention to their wanting to do different things. So either it was a very calculated and very planned marketing move or that was actually the truth. Uh, Hannah on the press cycle for Agent Cody Banks 2 said of the breakup, We just felt like we wanted to do our own thing. We chatted about it and decided when was the right point. It wasn't a final straw situation because there wasn't anything that pissed us off or anybody in particular or any argument that provoked us to split up. So not the hearsay school in which it seems that Kim Marsh and Mylene Class wanted to actually choke each other with uh, coat hangers. And of course, go on to do their own things they did. Rachel Stevens went on to have a pop career that only four months after the the split, Hannah, as we've said, went on to film Agent Cody Banks 2 and then the that ITV dinosaur show Primeval. And of course, Joe, of course, went on to do racism. So, you know, they were all very busy, very busy there. But before we move on from S Club and here, say goodbye. Just a brief shout out to my personal favourite, uh, my second favourite member of S Club, obviously Rachel Stevens, number one. But certainly John Lee does deserve a shout out because 
he holds the very special place of being my gay awakening. Let's just say I had a lot of stickers of John from S Club on my wall. You know, obviously I would tell anyone who listened, oh, I just really love his music, but I think I liked something else. I think it was funny enough, the stickers, when he kind of had his a few buttons undone that got the better placements. So I was ecstatic to learn in 2010 that uh, John Lee was gay and he came out. And he has had a successful career in West End Musical Theatre since leaving S Club. And uh, let's just say I wouldn't be Les Miserables if that Oklahoma wanted to do something wicked with me, okay? That was uh, musical puns. Saying that I want to basically have sex with John from S Club. If that wasn't clear, just putting that out into the world. The CD, <laughs> moving to John, for Say Goodbye and Love Ain't Gonna Wait For You, was an enhanced CD, which I talked about on Twitter the other day. The bane of my life as someone with a the kind of hand-me-down computer that I had got after my parents uh, found it unusable, basically. Which meant that every time I put in one of these enhanced CDs, which, if you're a young person listening to this, was a CD-ROM on a CD that you bought the single and then you could put it into your computer and it might include a very low-res version of the music video, maybe some wallpapers and screensavers for your computer, sometimes random bits of behind-the-scenes footage, or in this case, every member of S Club's goodbye messages. Weirdly split over two discs, so CD1 had three of the members, and CD2 had the other three, presumably because enhanced CD technology probably only had about, you know, 50 megabytes of space, so you couldn't really do very much, and I'm sure if you looked at one of those videos now, like, you'd go blind just trying to work out what was happening amid the pixels but at that time it felt like the future and why it was the future for us it was the end of the line for s club and here's what they had to say about that hello there i just want everyone to know that i loved every single moment of being in s club and never give up on your dreams take care and love to everyone and thank you very very much for all your support and don't forget to support s club a all the way take care everyone bye so next week, we'll talk about the second and I think better part of the double A side. Love ain't going to wait for you. But for now, we will say goodbye with the song Say Goodbye. Also, just a propos of nothing, fun fact, Agent Cody Banks, produced by Madonna's production company. So maybe there was a situation in which Hannah Spirit had to have a business meeting with Madonna. That's a very exciting thought. But why you think about that, I will do another bit of the podcast speech that I, I feel legally I'm entitled have to do or else I'll be banned from the podcasting society or something. So don't f- forget to like, rate and subscribe. Or is that just YouTube? I don't know. But anyway, it would be amazing if you do it. We are, I've already been staggered by the response to this podcast and the more people we can find it, the more fun we can have. I'm really hoping I'm getting some guests coming and but the more people who know about it, the more that we can speak to these people from the 2000s and just actually find out what it was like to be in this weird time for pop music. You can also like us on Twitter at 2000s Chart Show, where we share all kinds of things. And also Instagram at the 2000s Chart Show. You can actually have the the there for character length reasons. Follow us on both of those and let's spread the message of 2000s pop as far as it can go. But for now, we're going to say goodbye with obviously say goodbye which got a five star of course five guitar review from Tamsin Hargreave in Smash Hits subtitle please don't go 
S-Club's final song is a ballad that builds to a chorus so moving even hardened Slipknot fans will be forced to rummage for a tissue. The band get to sing a solo line each which finally reveals who's got a very good voice, Rachel, and who probably won't be getting a solo deal, Tina. Tough. Tough shade to end on there with Tina. But here is Say Goodbye by S-Club and I will see you next week. It holds different dreams for me.